You're listening to Rick Flynn. With a shout out from London Town, it's Rick Flynn presents. Now, ladies and gentlemen, your MC for the affair, Rick Flynn. Hi, everyone, and welcome on into today's program. Wow, a hypnotherapist all the way from Phoenix, Arizona. Her name is Victoria M. Gallagher. Her website, victoriamgallagher.com. And welcome, ma'am. Come on in here and say hello to the worldwide audience on Rick Flynn Presents. Come on in, Victoria. Hello, worldwide audience. Hello, Rick Flynn. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It is a privilege. You definitely have had some very enlightened guests on your show, I should say. I would say I'm fortunate to have had the guests that I've had. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't consider myself kind of blessed because in the podcasting business, it is a fact, a known fact, that most podcasts fail within the first 20 episodes. By episode 20, they're gone. And I am at episode 50, and I can't keep the guests. I have to have an assistant to help me to keep the guests in order. Everybody that comes on wants to come on again. I treat the guests right. We have a wonderful time. I learn right along with the audience learning, and I absolutely love it. It's just like being on radio, you know, all the years that I was. And this time, it's just so much easier because I don't have the corporation telling me what to do, you know? Well, congratulations on 50 episodes on your podcast. You're definitely doing something right. I am about to approach about 200. Oh, you've been doing it long. You've been doing it much longer than me. (laughs) But you sound like you've been on the radio forever. I mean, you just have that radio voice. And so I just, yeah, congratulations on that. That is You know, and I didn't know that fact. I did not know that most podcasts fail after the first 20. So you and I should both be honored and proud and privileged to have such, you know, such a wonderful audience that keeps us going. Isn't that the truth? Yes, it's one year for me, I think, next month. Although I've been in show business on the mic my whole life. So I've never really had what you call a day job, you know. And yeah, who, who really, I mean, you know, I, I haven't had a day job in a long time too. Let's just say. Yeah, there you go. There, a sister and a sister of mine with a different set of parents. That's all we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I haven't had a day job since. I left the corporate arena in 1999. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's been, I, I've, I've worked for myself longer than I've worked for anybody else. Uh, Much longer. I I've almost worked for myself long, uh, half my life. Well, that's excellent. (laughs) That's excellent. I, I would say, when did you start podcasting? How many years ago? So it was a while ago. I want to say I started my podcast 
I want to say it was like 2015. It was right after I moved to Arizona from Florida. And a, a, a friend of mine uh, that lived here, she came over to my house because I had a studio and she wanted to learn because I've been making hypnosis recordings my whole life. So she came over to my studio and wanted to learn how to make the recordings for her podcast. So I didn't even have a podcast at the time. And she wanted to make these meditate, you know, meditative uh, podcasts for the addiction community. And I'm like, wow, I never even considered having a podcast. And at that time, it actually seemed like it was a dying thing. It didn't seem like something that was growing, but I thought, you know, I just want to, I want to be everywhere and I want to try everything. And, you know, and it was a little bit of a shiny ball, but I'm like, what the heck, you know? And so I went on Udemy and I bought this course and I learned how to create your own podcast. And so, yeah, it was back in 2015 that I set that all up. Um, during that time, I was like pretty much just doing it on my own. I wasn't uh, reaching out to guests. Guests weren't reaching out to me. It was just a new idea that I had. And I thought, I'll just talk on a different law of attraction, hypnosis, meditation, affirmation topic. And I'll just, and I was kind of like, okay, what am I going to talk about this time? What am I going to talk about this time? What am I going to talk about this time? And it was just trying to come up with that new content all the time. And it, uh, I, I just wasn't very consistent. So it probably took me like the first two years to do my first 12 episodes. And then a couple of years ago, I just got real consistent with it. And, you know, and I, I interview guests about twice, three times a week to the point now I might end up having a, a twice a week show because I've just, I've just got so many episodes in the bank like we're literally recording for december right now <laughs> wow boy that's excellent i do one a week every wednesday is a new show and I, it's the I, I didn't know what a podcast was uh i had it suggested to me because they said i'd be perfect for it because i did the talk show on terrestrial radio on fm but I didn't know what a podcast was. And I found out really it's the same thing as being on the radio without inner office memos, without corporate involvement, <laughs> without these ridiculous breaks of a hundred commercials in between 12 minutes of talking. And I just absolutely love it. I think it's great. I think it's amazing. And yeah, especially when you consider all of that, that, um, either, you know, there's, there's no one in, in control of what you decide that you're going to air or when or how long or how short or how many commercials or how many breaks and, and all of that. I love it. I love it. It's your own show and you can be in charge and you can release as many <laughs> or as few episodes as you want. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. I love it. And if you want to go one minute over, five minutes over, or a half hour <laughs> over, that's your business. They're not going to cut you off at 29 minutes or at 59 minutes. You know, you can go as long as it takes to tell the story. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so great. It's wonderful. I, you know, I've never had, I've never thought about all of the benefits of podcasting until right now. And it, you know, I mean, there's, there's other benefits besides what we're talking about, but you know, just the fact that you're, you know, you're in control of just running the show. (laughs) Yeah, It's, It's wonderful. Well, thank you very kindly, Victoria, for coming on and for the fine things that you've said. Uh, I I must admit, this is not my first rodeo of interviewing any guests, so don't think I'm new in that regard, okay? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. You know, you sound like you, you definitely know what you're doing, so right. I know well, I'm in good hands. <laughs> yes, you are. Oh, you're in great hands. That's right. And I'm not even going to try to sell you any insurance, so don't worry. You're still in good hands. <laughs> Oh my, oh my. VictoriaMGallagher.com. Victoria with us, ladies and gentlemen. She is a hypnotherapist. She moved from Florida to Phoenix, Arizona. And before we get into hypnotherapy, why did you move to Phoenix, which they say is a wonderful place if you have sinus and weather allergies? They say that's where you need to go. Phoenix, but Florida is nice too. So why did you move? What it was it related to your job or no? Well, actually it wasn't related to my job. I have to back up in order to tell you why I moved to Arizona. So it actually began in Las Vegas, uh, which is where I met my my now husband. And so my husband and I met in uh, 2004. And, uh, you know, shortly after we met, about nine months later, we found ourselves living in closer to where he grew up, which was in Virginia, Sterling, Virginia. So we moved from, um, you know, from Las Vegas to Sterling, Virginia, from Sterling, Virginia, we didn't like it. And from there, we decided to move to Florida. We lived there for about 10 years. And it was actually his idea. Um, You know, after about 10 years, he just kind of started getting itchy feet and wanting to explore. And and he's in the uh, fine jewelry, um, fine jewelry sales and management. And he just wasn't finding the opportunities in Southern Florida for uh, getting into the management end of things. And uh, literally, he just decided one day, taking taking some classes and some lessons uh, from me and, and other other things that we were practicing at the time. And he just decided, I'm going to manifest an opportunity for us to move out West and, and for me to get into jewelry sales management. So he just picked Arizona out of like his mind He's, because he had run a couple of ideas by me in the past that I wasn't too jazzed about. Uh, Indianapolis for one and, and uh, t- uh, Tennessee for another. And none, none of these were really jiving with me. And so he knew, you know, we, we both love to come out West and go hiking. And we just love the beautiful scenery out here and Utah and, and Arizona. And so he just picked it out of the hat and he flew out here and he interviewed with seven places and he just created an opportunity for us to move out here. And with me, my business is online. So I pretty much can, you know, I can live and work wherever. And so um, he created that opportunity and I said yes. And 
And uh, five years ago, or almost six years ago now, um, we moved out here happily. And last year, we manifested our dream home. And so it's it's been, we love it here. We just absolutely, the weather is wonderful. Um, There's just plenty of things to do here. It's just a great mix. I've heard I've heard good things about it out there. Yeah, it's it's a great great place. Just love it here. All righty. Well, if you would have taken Indianapolis, Indiana, <laughs> you would be close to the annual car race. You know, <laughs> the Indianapolis Five Hundred, and mm-hmm. you would be three hours, three to three and a half hours from the studio that I'm sitting in right now. Well, then I would be sitting right in your studio probably because that would have been a... (laughs) Yeah, you could have made it. You could have made it. And then we'd have both sounded the same on the microphones because I have another one that is vacant I'm staring at right now. Love it. (laughs) All righty. What do you call 250 Indian women with no nipples? Oh, my goodness. What do you call them? The Indian Nippleless 500. Ah! Uh huh. All right. That's enough. That's enough. You are the number one best selling hypnosis book on Amazon for two years. You have also written several other books on hypnosis and manifesting. I looked up manifesting, even though I already know what it means. And there was another definition for it that was not even in the Miriam that I read, the Miriam Webster. A truck driver, for example, has a manifest which tells him what he is hauling and where he is going. That's called a manifest. <laughs> yep. To manifest is to display or show a quality or feeling by one's acts or appearance to demonstrate. So that's what manifest is, to display or show a quality or feeling by one's acts, A-C-T-S, or appearance. And you said your husband manifested himself to find a different place to live other than Florida. And that goes back to hypnotic talk, I'm sure, because your book is called The Practical Law of Attraction. Align yourself with the manifesting conditions and successfully attract your desires. Is that your book? That is my book. That now, is my book. tell me about manifesting, because I know what a truck driver has in his, <laughs> in his book. He has a manifest. I just read you the definition from Merriam-Webster. That is to display or show a quality or feeling by your acts. A-C-T-S, not A-X. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. A-C-T-S, by one's acts or appearance. So that's manifesting. Now, how is manifesting in your business, the business of hypnotherapy? I'm all ears. Talk to me. Well, it's interesting that you multiple times, multiple times, I don't know if you or your audience picked up on it, but you very clearly pointed out the word act, A-C-T-S, because here's the thing, manifesting the way I define it is, is to make real, to make something possible, to take one's thoughts 
and turn it into a reality. And, you know, to, to basically act upon that, that feeling, that desire. And so it really begins with understanding what it is that you want in the first place, which is probably, believe it or not, one of the most difficult challenges anyone ever faces is just to decide what it is that they want. Because we live in this world of abundance where we can really have anything. We can create anything. We want one of these, one of these, one of these, one of these. I take one of those experiences and I want to create that and I want to have that and I want to be this. And here's the thing. When we have so much abundance, we kind of go a little crazy. We kind of are darting all over the place, kind of focusing on this, focusing on that. Focusing on everything is really focusing on nothing, if you really think about it. Focusing on everything is focusing on nothing. You're not actually focusing. And so it really begins with making that decision making having that understanding knowing yourself getting in touch with your heart's desire and that's really the first step when it comes to manifesting just like we sat down on the couch that one day saying we you know we we want to we want to manifest a, a new place to live well if we just said well we want to live somewhere <laughs> You know, this this place would be nice. This place would be nice. This place would be nice. And, you know, you maybe start there, but you have to, at some point, you're not going to manifest living in Arizona if you can't narrow down what you want. If, if you say, well, you know, if you just keep going back and forth, well, California seems nice or, you know, Texas seems nice. Utah seems nice. Colorado seems nice. You just keep going around and around and you never focus on exactly what you want. You're never going to get anywhere. So you've got to it really starts with that decision and then honing your thoughts toward that one decision, honing your energy vibration so that your energy vibration is, is ultimately, you know, what, what causes you to, to, to have that feeling to act, to, you know, to, to get into a, a state of believing that you can actually do that. So it re really requires the set of conditions that I came up with in my book, the eight manifesting conditions which are desire, thinking, feeling, believing, taking in, you know, inspired action, tapping into the uh, creative attraction, your intuition, tapping into your imagination, you know, visualizing, and, um, and then ultimately, you know, the manifestation in and of itself, having the, the presence of mind to realize that thing, to allow that thing, to feel grateful for having that thing, to, to actually appreciate that. Because if we just sort of manifest things and we just don't even have any appreciation or gratitude or, you know, we're just like on to the next thing. We're not even really, why are we manifesting? What, you know, why are we even manifesting those things if, if we're not able to enjoy and, and appreciate that and, and celebrate that? So it's all, so all of these are really tied in together. And when you are in alignment simultaneously with, with each of these conditions, you're able to bring about your manifestation that much more quickly. And it depends on how you're aligned in the totality of all of your thoughts. It just can't magically appear because you say, Phoenix, Arizona, hmm, and then all of a sudden it hits you in the, in the face. No, you have to have everything lined up in your thought processes to get out there 
or else stay the same until you're you're mentally and physically ready. Exactly. If you don't get in the car and go, if you don't pack your things, if you don't sign an agreement, if you don't take some sort of action on it, you're not going to uh, end up there. And, you know, and here's the thing is when you start to get into alignment and you start to get the subconscious, and this is where the hypnosis all falls into place, is the subconscious is so powerful that it can prevent you from manifesting. You can think all you want with your conscious mind and think, oh, I really believe this. I really believe this. I really believe this. But there's a part of you, a much bigger part of you that may have alternative ideas and beliefs and that may be trying to protect you from getting hurt or from making a mistake. You know, maybe it's holding on to something that you've done in the past that you haven't forgiven, that you haven't let go of, that you still have this idea down deep inside of you, it says, oh, you know, if I, if I try this, I'm going to fail. And so it's going to prevent you. And so that has these, these, uh, these counter intentions. And so in the subconscious mind, that is the, uh, where we really have to have our, our energy vibration, our thinking, our imagination, all in alignment as well in our, with our, in our belief system. And that belief system, once the belief system really, really has that buy-in, that's when actual it actually does feel like magical encounters happen. Because, and it's not magical, but it seems magical. And the reason why it seems magical is because we have all of this data that's constantly available to us. It's all around us. Information is always flowing. It's everywhere. But we're only able to see a micro little tiny piece of it because of our particular activating system, our filtering system that's filtering out all the things that are going on around us. If we had to pay attention to all the information that's constantly being thrown at us at all times, we'd go crazy. And so this reticular activating system, once your mind makes this shift into what's actually possible, what you're committed to, what you've decided. So once the subconscious mind has bought in to your belief, to your new reality, you make this shift and suddenly things will appear to you seemingly out of nowhere, but they were there all along. Or it is that you have changed your behavior. You've you've subtly shifted how you're doing things. You have more confidence and faith and belief. So now you're acting a little bit differently. And new opportunities will come to you. People will start to say, hey, how can I help you with that? Because you've put it out there and you're more willing and you're more confident and you have more faith. And that's how, you know, the universe, if you will, opens up its doors to kind of help you to give it that push to give you that little nudge uh, that you need to to jump in with both feet and manifest this thing. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of, um, you know, other books and movies and 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 ways of thinking that are not quite as practical that. Listen, I'd love to be able to jump on board and and think in those ways and think that there's a there's a magical being out there in the universe that's sort of granting these wishes. That's that's lovely, but I 
I can't prove that, you know, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't speak to that. And so that's why I wrote a book about practical law of attraction, because this is a surefire way that if you follow these uh, steps that are outlined, you will definitely manifest. This is how people have been manifesting forever, you know, just by getting themselves into alignment. They just don't know that these are the steps necessarily that they've been taking. But after studying people for the last 20 years and studying success, it's so obvious. Like you would have to have all of these things in alignment. I just sort of put them together and, you know, in, in my book to, to explain it in a practical way. Um, but, you know, the information is pretty common sense. I mean, it's, it's, it's just practical information that is a good reminder, a gentle reminder to people on how it all can come together. Okay, you met your husband in Sin City, Nevada, Las <laughs> Vegas, right? I did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's say your husband said, boy, this is an attractive lady. I'm going to make her my wife one day. But before that, he says, you know, I agree with everything my soon-to-be wife one year ahead or whenever is going to be. But right now, she's speaking about attracting, manifesting financial (laughs) abundance. I would take you, if I were him, to Las Vegas and see if you can't manifest me a one-arm bandit machine that'll pay off a hundred thousand dollars can you do that that's a bit tricky because here's the thing it really kind of comes it really comes down to do you believe that you will manifest the hundred thousand dollars out of that machine and chances are you don't have that kind of belief i and don't believe it i believe yeah. it is mathematically impossible for everybody at those machines to win. Exactly. And then on top of that, you know, this is something that a lot of people have confusion about when it comes to law of attraction and manifesting. You know, we are, we're co-creating our reality and, you know, we do need other, other things to get into alignment with us. So that machine would have to be in alignment with you at the same time, you would have to just like that machine would have to be ready to pay. And you would maybe psychically, intuitively come by that machine like, oh my goodness, like that's the one. And you're in that happy place and you believe it and you just know it and, you know, and, and, and you're committed to it and you decide that that's the machine that's going to pay off. You know, that situation just doesn't happen very often that machines just sitting there, you're walking by it, coincidentally ready for it to pay off. It does happen for some people, you know, I mean, you, you do, you do hear about those mega bucks winners who maybe they didn't intentionally know about manifesting, but they, they they had a feeling, they had a gut feeling that this was the machine that was calling to them. They believed it, they put their money in and they, and they won. So it does happen for some people, but it's not, it's not likely that it's in the cards for somebody who's just sat down and decided that they're going to, you know, manifest something and they're going to walk, they're going to walk into a random casino and they're going to pick a machine that's ready to do that for them. It's very unlikely. 
True or false, many an uneducated individual has manifested the fact that their paycheck inside of that casino that Friday when they got paid is going to bring them back double the paycheck (laughs) that their boss paid them and they've lived to suffer because of it. Can you manifest wrongly, in other words, is what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and here's the thing is most of those situations at the root of why they're doing that in the first place is fear. They're living from a desperate place to begin with. They've walked into a place. I mean, you know, consider the, the state of mind of the person who's walking into a casino to cash their paycheck. I mean, this is not somebody that is coming from a place of inspiration. This is a person that's usually coming from a place of desperation. So they're not in a place to really manifest because there is a a vibe. There is a feeling that you are going to be in when you're, you know, when you're winning, when you're manifesting, when you're in that positive place, they're not in, in a positive place. You know, they're usually not, you know, they're usually in the opposite. And so they're going to manifest based on the the state that they're in, the state of mind, the state of feeling, the state of belief, state of imagination. Uh, They might temporarily kind of get a, get an inkling that, you know, I could win, but they don't really believe it. Right. Now, why would a person who is of sound mind, and I'm referring to somebody that's not mentally ill, a person that's, that's healthy mentally, of sound mind, why would they not say to themselves, the mortgage is due on the first of the month. We have to have food to eat. Along with that, we have to make a car payment. Along with that, why would such an individual go into the casino, cash their check, and think they're going to manifest their way out of it? Is that not the same exact thing as being hooked on heroin and think that that's going to do good for your health? It's absolutely the same thing. It's, it's even a stronger addiction than heroin. I'll tell you, I used to when I lived in Las Vegas and I had an office and I saw hypnotherapy clients and they would come in and have me help them to stop gambling. And it, that it was actually one of the hardest things to get somebody to stop doing more so than heroin more so than, I mean, and I, I haven't helped that many people with, you know, the, the big drugs like heroin and, and cocaine, but um, you know, with, uh, with drinking and weight loss and cigarettes. It was so much harder. And the reason why is because usually those people have at one point, usually they get hooked on it because they they had that initial win and they get hooked on that initial chemical reaction that their body goes through. The dopamine that gets delivered to them, it's a hit that they get that high of that first win. And it's not even a rational thinking. So when you say sound mind, I mean, they, you know, they will present as yes, a very sound, reasonable person. But that's not the person who's in charge. The the person who's in charge is their subconscious mind, you know, the more powerful part of their mind that thinks and that well, I'm going to get that hit. I, it's not even the win. It's not even the money. It's 
I mean, it's definitely on a conscious level, on the surface level, yes, they want to win money. But on a deeper level, it's a chemical that they're looking for that feeling that they get when they win. It doesn't even matter how much they win. It's just that that it's getting another hit. Every time they win, they get, they're getting another hit. And, and every time they win, they get more addicted to it. It's like they're on drugs. It's the same thing. They're on drugs. They are. They absolutely, they're their own chemical, their own chemical and which is far more addicting your own chemicals that your body produces on its own. The natural chemicals are far more addicting than the chemicals that you breathe or shoot or drink into your body. Yes. Yes. And you notice when you're at those casinos, how the chairs are so comfortable <laughs> the food, the you food is so find. good. And if you spend enough, oh, here, we're going to give you a free room to sleep tonight and breakfast in the morning. And <laughs> you attract more, spend more money. They're going to give you a place real close to the building to park your car because you're what they call a producer now, you see. Lots of rewards. Oh, lots, lots of, of rewards. rewards. And people say, <laughs> I I won, I won this, I won that. You know what I say? I'm not going to say because it's obscene, but let me clean up what I'm going to say. B.S. You didn't it win is. anything. You paid for it. <laughs> it. No, it's it is just, it's to hook you even more. And it's really, you know, it's really sad that so many people fall victim to that, but it, it that's how they that's how they get you, and that's how they make their money. And you know, my my dad, uh, one of the reasons why I'm kind of you know I don't know I just refrained from gambling. I mean, I I would have my limits. I when I lived there, I maybe I, I would maybe put a hundred dollars. I just could not stand apart with more than a hundred dollars. Yes. Yes. But, and, you know, so, uh, you know, but I would consider that entertainment. I mean, if a hundred dollars would keep me going for a couple of hours or whatever to have fun, then so be it. That's fine. I would just look at it as entertainment. But I mean, I, I literally watched my dad, you know, go to Vegas, you know, every month or so and just piss away $10,000 at a time. Oh my. And, oh my. Oh yeah. And it, it was just, you know, heartbreaking to see that. And I just, I, I just, you know, so I, I, I learned from everybody else's mistakes what not to do um, when it came to that. And then, of course, just learning through having having clients come in and, and just understanding what they were going through. And it's just, it, you know, it's crazy. I, you know, I, I enjoy going to Las Vegas, but honestly, it's like I, I go for the entertainment. I mean, it's it, you know, it does have like the biggest entertainment scene, like literally in the world. I mean, oh, I literally. Agree. I spent two <laughs> weeks there, ma'am. I spent two weeks there solid and I did not gamble one day. It was for the entertainment that I, I went there. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of people will have a hard time understanding that, but it's, you know, it's, it, it's not sustainable. That's the way I've just always kind of looked at it. Like, I don't like to do anything that, you know, you're just, you get, you can run out of money yeah. <laughs> if you continue to, you know, you continue to do that. So now you say and, that you can help an individual manifest a soulmate. 
I believe you yeah. called it. Now, isn't that the same, you might say, the old wives' tale or the old saying, be careful of what you wish for, you just might get it. And if you wish for more than just a regular friend, but a soulmate, <laughs> and you're nice to people, you you treat people well, da-da-da-da-da-da, you get a good reputation, you're not a con artist, you're not a <laughs> criminal, you're, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da, you just may get a soulmate if, you, if you're a male and you meet a female that's looking for a soulmate. And you know what I say? I say there's a woman out there for every man. There's a man out there for every woman. I don't care how you look. I don't care how ugly people might say you are. There's a man who thinks that you're beautiful. You just haven't met him yet. I totally agree with that. And yeah, I, I believe there's somebody out there for, for everyone. And on top of that, I believe there's multiple opportunities to meet. I mean, there's multiple soulmates. You can have, I've had two soulmates. Like uh, my relationship before this one was definitely a soulmate, but he wasn't the soulmate I was destined to spend the rest of my life with. He was a soulmate that was here to teach me lessons. And I strongly believe that there are people that you're meant to spend forever with and, and some that you're, that you're not. But, you know, if you, and again, if you get clear on what it is that you're looking for, that you want and the qualities that you desire to have, you clean up your past. I think one of the reasons why people fail to meet their soulmate is because they're still attached to their past. They're still attached to the letdowns. They're still attached. They haven't forgiven the past or or maybe they're still like hooked on their old, you know, partner and they're hoping, you know, consciously or unconsciously that they'll come back. And so you've got to make peace um, with yourself and accept yourself and love yourself as you are. It really starts there. How are you going to, you're not going to be able to love somebody any more than you love yourself and somebody else, if you don't love yourself, why do you expect somebody else to do that job? You know? So it really starts with getting in touch with who you are what you want, cleaning up your past, loving yourself, accepting yourself, releasing any blocks that are getting in your way of, of manifesting. Because people can feel that, you know, people can feel that there's just something that is not even conscious They're They don't know why it's like, Oh my God, this is this, this woman is beautiful, but there's just something, you know, they don't even know what it is. There's just some vibe. that just, just doesn't feel right. The chemistry is off. And the chemistry, hmm? go ahead. Some of the most wicked, evil, terrible, criminal-minded people in the world are good-looking people in nice clothes and suits. Exactly. Exactly. And so what you did the temptations, to... you know, the band, the temptations, mm -hmm. they said mm -hmm. beauties only skin deep. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beauties only skin deep. Oh, yeah. I think beauty is only skin deep. I think a good looking man might just happen to be a hit man for the mob and kill people. That doesn't mean <laughs> that doesn't mean that that those looks are going to get him anywhere other than a, a, a four by eight cell. 
Exactly. And, you know, the thing is, is that you're right. Beauty, beauty's only skin deep and beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Amen. So, Amen. What's ugly to one is beautiful to another. Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, anybody out there who thinks to themselves, oh, I don't have the look. Uh, I don't have the success. I don't have, you know, they have all these are down on themselves for whatever reason. So they just, you know, they don't think that they can get what they want. They don't think that they can manifest the woman or person of their dreams. And, but, but you can, but you have to, you know, you've got to own all of the good and the bad qualities because we all have the good and the bad qualities in us. But if we can own those things and we can right the wrongs and and make peace with ourselves and forgive ourselves and 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 strive to be a better person guess what we're going to feel better about ourselves and we're going to increase the positives and decrease the negatives and we're going to be that much more available and attractive to other people who are looking for people who are more like that more like us that we're in rapport with because, um, you know, it really kind of comes down to that chemistry, that rapport that other people really prefer other people that are like them. You know, whenever you meet somebody that's just they, you know, they they tend to be like you, they're going to have equally opposite counterparts, but they tend to be like your equal. You know, they tend to, you know, in, in, in some in some all the different qualities, they tend to to match you. So you're going to typically attract somebody that's got the same similar likes and qualities as, as you like, you know, with a few things that are that are they're not the same. Now, your partner before your husband was mm-hmm. was a soulmate. He was one of two of them you ever had. Yeah. Now. Yeah. If he was indeed your soulmate, Mm -hmm. was it those other characteristics that you just referred to a moment ago that didn't match up, which is why you had to leave that soulmate and marry your husband? Or were there other things involved? And I don't want personal information. In other words, why did you leave a soulmate to re- to get married to your husband if indeed, in the true sense of the word, that person was your soulmate? So it it was, I didn't really have the say in the matter. Uh, I wanted to be with him. He didn't want to be with me after a while. And and so it really kind of came down to the, the lessons that I learned from that relationship was learning to let go. Learning, uh, it wasn't uh, your choice. It wasn't my choice. I got it. I see now. Okay, you are a renowned authority in, quote, the law of attraction. And you say in your book, you say you can successfully attract your desires if you align yourself with the manifesting conditions. So you're going to examine the conditions around you, and then hopefully you're going to successfully attract your desires. Isn't that the same thing as a married couple? He works at the factory. She works at somewhere else. They align their paychecks together. They want a home to live for their family, which is natural. They want cars for each of them to drive, which is natural. But they know they have this much from his income, this much from her income. 
They align what they've got. They're not gamblers. They're not crooks or criminals. They're going to save, save, save. They're going to know what they're capable of. They're going to talk to their banker. They're going to do all the right things. And eventually, living in the real world, they're going to know where they ought to live, what they can afford, do what my parents always used to say, Rick, don't let the house own you. You own the house. Don't. A lot of people, they let that home own them. They keep up with the Joneses and it damn near kills them, you know. Right. Now, right. what is the difference between just practical, what this young couple would do, being practical and using common sense versus the law of attraction, if that question makes sense to you? Do you understand what I'm saying? They may it want does. Bill Gates's house, but the common person with brains is saying, I ain't Bill Gates. I can't afford what he's got. So it absolutely makes sense. And so here's the thing. Um, it's, it's about not allowing your present circumstances to dictate what you're capable of accomplishing in the future. So uh, so they're going to take a look at their income right now, yes, and they're going to live within their means right now in the present moment. But that doesn't mean that they need to live, you know, and according to the normal, ordinary standards of saying, okay, well, we make $100,000 together as a couple now or whatever it is. And, you know, based on inflationary rates, we're gonna, we can expect to have a, you know, standard increase in our income of 5% each year. So therefore, we're going to be able to, um, have this income in 10 years, right? Like that's how the ordinary budget conscious couple is going to be thinking. Manifesting is saying, okay, you know, this is, this is where I'm at right now. These are my goals. You know, my goals are to have a million dollar a year income, regardless of the fact that I'm, I'm at a hundred thousand, we're at a hundred thousand. We want to make a, a million dollars and working on all of the manifesting techniques of getting yourself into alignment with that, you know, and being willing and ready to take inspired actions toward what that means. Maybe that means that the jobs change um, over time. Maybe that means that they run into an opportunity to start a business. Maybe it means, you know, so like they, they don't worry about how that is going to happen. They just work on, on developing the, you know, their beliefs, system, their imagination, their visualization, and, you know, and, and allow it to unfold. And as they grow, and as they be, begin to really, really believe opportunities for this to happen are going to show up, and they will grow into a couple who can now afford to live in a million dollar house and have a million dollar income and, and that kind of, does that kind of answer your question and make sense? Well, it's like, oh, I guess you could say that, yes, it makes, you've answered it to some degree, but even if you're manifesting in your own mind how great that million-dollar home will be, if you don't go out there and present yourself and allow people 
to say, this is what this person has to offer. Can we use him in our company or corporation? Yes or no. You have to network or do something to get your name out there. They're not going to knock on your door if you're a recluse and pull you out of wherever you are underneath the, uh, the, the pillow with two pillows covering your head and say, come on now, we're going to give you a million dollars just because you're a good man. No, it absolutely requires you taking that inspired action. And that was what I was saying is that, you know, as you work on aligning yourself, getting your belief, getting your thoughts, getting your imagination, opportunities, you're, you'll see new opportunities. You'll be looking in different ways. You'll be taking different actions. You'll be doing different things. You'll be meeting new people. You'll, you'll notice other situations and circumstances that you would not have taken a look at before if you were not doing this kind of work to align yourself with the person who earns that kind of money. Um, it was, I'll, I'll give you my own personal example. So I have wanted to, since we moved to Arizona, manifest a million dollar house, okay? And um, we were not in a position at all at the time that I said I wanted to manifest a million dollar house. And, you know, I, we probably maybe could have done maybe $300,000 house. I don't know. Like we never even tried, you know, because all I knew is that we were not ready to get the million dollar house at that time when I started making that goal. So, you know, it's just been something that I've been writing about, journaling about, meditating about, falling asleep with my iPad in front of me every night, looking at realtor.com and looking and dreaming about this for quite a while. And every year, the lease would come due and my landlord would say, are you ready to renew? And it's like, are you ready to move out? Are you ready to renew? And it was always, we're ready to renew because we weren't ready yet. And so this last year in July, 2020, during like literally the height of COVID, our uh, landlord calls us out of the blue. We were not expecting this. And at that time, we'd already made the decision that come uh, the beginning of November, we're not going to be ready for uh, to buy a house. Uh, I mean, people weren't even like putting their houses on the market. And there was just a lot going on with that. And so, and, and financially, we didn't feel ready. So uh, he, he, he called, he texts us, he says, we're not going to be able to renew your lease. And this was in, in July, July 15th of last year, just a little over a year ago. And we're like, uh-oh, uh, what do we do? And we're literally like for a day, kind of like him and and hawing about possibly, you know, do we get into another, do we get into a condo? Do we rent another house? What do we do? And it just hit me. I just said, you know what? This is that opportunity. This is that we're supposed to buy a house right now. Like this is what everything's been leading up to. We're supposed to buy a house. Now, no, right now we're still not in a position to buy a million dollar house. However, fast forward to September 16th, we closed on $528,000 house. And that house, this house that I'm walking around in right now, five bedrooms, plus an office, four bathrooms, 3,500 square feet. This is like a million dollar house. And I that's mean, for two people, two people, or do you have yeah, children? No, no kids, oh, no Lord. kids. So, 
I have my studio, my Zen room. He's got his man cave. We've got our master. We've got a full dedicated guest room. I've got my own office. I mean, you know, it's it's a big, beautiful house. Like the same thing that I've been presenting myself that I called a million dollar house. Now, not only that, but this house has gone up almost $200,000. Oh, yes. I know that's true. It. I know it. <laughs> oh, in the so, state of Ohio, my dear, a $500,000 home will be in California called a mansion. <laughs> oh, yes. So, yes. They're beautiful that, homes for that. Beautiful homes. So not that, only that, but you can get land with them if you yeah. uh, look at the right place. So did we manifest a million dollar house? Well, give it a, give yeah, it a couple no. more years. You did need a million dollar house. No, <laughs> no. I'm right, going to put exactly. the kibosh on that right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, girlfriend, excuse me, but the hour is gone in two minutes. I cannot believe yeah. how quickly this show has gone. So therefore, I would like to ask, can we continue this at a later time? Because you are a fascinating lady, Victoria M. Gallagher. I'm absolutely loving this because you are not the neandering nabob of negativity. You promote <laughs> positivity if there is such a thing. You're a positive lady, and I love that. Thank you so much. You know, and these days, especially these days, what choice do you have? I mean, you could either sit around watching the news and everything crumbling all around you or whatever is going on out there, or you can create your own mindset and, and, you know, and, and just live in peace and live in joy and live in gratitude and live in happiness. You know, the more you focus on the good and the positive and what you're grateful for, the more of that you're going to bring into your life. And so I would absolutely love another opportunity to speak to you and your audience again. This has been a wonderful interview and I've been very, very blessed to be on your show. So yes, absolutely. And thank you. Oh, absolutely. I would love it if you would come on. In fact, we're going to make uh, darn sure that you do. Ladies and gentlemen, she is from Phoenix, Arizona. Her website, victoriamgallagher.com. Victoria, M as in Mary, gallagher.com. And she is the number one best-selling hypnosis author with her hypnosis book on Amazon for two years. Number one best-selling hypnosis book on Amazon for two years. She has also written several other books on hypnosis and manifesting. The book we're talking about is Practical Law of Attraction by Victoria M. Gallagher. Align yourself with the manifesting conditions and successfully attract your desires. And that is just a positive message. People are often, Victoria, they'll blame everything. If I could take you through the jails right now up at our state capitol at the state pen, oh, I'm here because this person. Oh, I'm here. It was my parent. It was my dad that was no good. He, he uh, didn't treat me right. Oh, I'm here because of them. You know, 
I don't care how bad you've had it in life. When you're 18 and you walk out that door and you make a paycheck, there comes a time when you are in control of your own life and put bygones, let them be bygones, and you straighten out your own life and take responsibility for it. It's not somebody else's fault. That's so true. And the thing is, is that, you know, by blaming other people for where you're at, It keeps you where you're at, but by taking responsibility for your life, it's empowering. It basically says that, wow, if I have created my reality up to this point, then I can choose to create another reality for myself. And that is, it's empowerment. It's not shameful. It's not to guilt. It's not to blame. It's not, you know, it's to get yourself out of that place of, of, of suffering. And so, you know, I just, I implore anybody who feels that way to just take a look, to try it out, to try to let go of the feeling that everything around you is because of somebody else. You know, there are, there are things that happen as a result of global conditions. However, how you choose to respond, responsibility, you have the choice on how you're going to react or respond to things. It's your choice and how you choose to perceive and how you choose who you're going to be in relation to the world that's going on around you or the people that's going around you or the circumstances that have happened. And, you know, it's not to say that bad things don't happen to good people. They do. But, you know, you can choose to let that impact you for the rest of your life, or you can choose to figure out a way to make peace with that and to to allow yourself to enjoy all the abundance and the riches and the love and the peace and everything that is still available to you that you can grab hold of and decide and choose and commit to have for yourself. So that's my little two cents on the whole blame and responsibility conversation. You invite others to manifest your dreams and tap into the power you're saying of your own mind. Yes, (laughs) that is how, that is exactly what I'm saying. Wow. Okay. I'll tell you what, man. Oh, oh, what a positive, uplifting message. And I just attended my 50th 5-0 class reunion. And yes, there was a little easel. It was made out of brass, a little gold-looking easel. On the easel was a beautiful professional, a professional photographer made it. And it's a listing of our classmates that are no longer with us. And they were called home. And there were a lot of them on that list that I knew from my days in high school. And I look and I say, tomorrow is not guaranteed to anyone. It is a privilege to be on. It's not my right. Tomorrow could not even, I could go to bed tonight and not wake up. I feel blessed that I'm able to be on this earth, much less have a job and do things that I like to do, to see what I want to see, to go where I want to go, and all of these things that others who have wanted the same thing were not able to do. So just, I don't know if I've manifested it, but I sure have taken advantage of it by saying 
that tomorrow is not for certain. It is not my right. I don't have a right to live. It's it's a privilege, something that was given to me. Does that make any sense to you? It 100% does. And it beckons back to a little conversation my husband and I were having the other night about when you hear about bad things or you witness bad things, you know, such as you saw the fact that some of your, you know, your old peers from schools are, are, are no longer living. And I think that those are those are gifts of their little reminders. And it's almost like you need that contrast. I, you know, we, we live in a world of duality where you can't really know the good without knowing the bad. You can't know what is hot without knowing cold. You can't know positive without knowing negative. You can't know light without knowing dark. And so the fact that we even know that these things exist, every once in a while, you do have to take a peek at the, you know, the other things, the less fortunate situations that are going on so that it does allow you to say, wow, um, you know, I mean, here, here I am, you know, the other day, just kind of a little annoyed with the fact that, you know, certain parts of my business aren't growing fast enough. It's like, oh, boo hoo hoo. You know, boo hoo hoo. It's like some people are living out on the street. Okay. Some people are hooked on drugs. Some people are alone. Some people are, you know, I mean, look at the horrible situation in Afghanistan right now. I mean, some people are, you know, are dying of COVID and losing people. I mean, there is, there's, some some stuff that I'm not having to deal with. And I'm just, I'm grateful for everything that, that, that I have. So it's like anytime you start to feel down or sad or, or depressed, I mean, you, you know, like, do you, somebody else is having a worse day than you. Oh, isn't that, that's an understatement. Yeah. You want to find out what bad is. I I think strolling through the, the hallways of the hospital is a darn good place to start to see how good you have it. Yeah. And, and go help that person, go help somebody. Amen. If you're feeling, you know, if you're feeling down the best possible way to pick yourself up is go lend a hand, go volunteer. Go do something for somebody else. If somebody wants to get a hold of Victoria M. Gallagher, how, how do they do it? What would you recommend they do? The Well, the best way would be on my website, um, Victoria M. Gallagher. There's a contact form on there. They could just reach out to me that way or, um, you know, yeah, that would, that would really be the best way. Just go to my website, Victoria M. Gallagher, and uh, there's a, you know, contact us link on there and, and just send me an email. I do have an app. It's called HypnoCloud, Relax and Let Go. And it's available on Google Play or in the Apple App Store. And it is going to help you. It's got over 500 hypnosis recordings on every topic imaginable, especially a lot of manifesting business success, relaxation, you name it. Anything you can imagine is going to be in this app. And it's just a way that you can help yourself to get those manifesting dreams and goals and visions into your subconscious. And um, and there's already 12 unlocked sessions in the app for free. So it's a free app. There's 12 free sessions in there. It's a win-win. And so I just encourage anybody who's looking to improve themselves, improve their life to go get that app. 
Well, I can't thank you enough, Victoria M. Gallagher. I want everybody out there to go to your website, victoriamgallagher.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this fine woman that we've just talked to in what seems to be 10 minutes, but actually it was an hour, and it flew by. She is the number one best-selling hypnosis book author on Amazon for two years. She has also written several other books on hypnosis and manifesting. I've had a great time. And Victoria, I can't thank you enough. But before I hold you over even more than the 10 minutes that I already have, will you please just go and say, good night, Victoria. Good night, Victoria. (laughs) All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Victoria M. Gallagher. She's the author of Practical Law of attraction, aligning yourself with the manifesting conditions and successfully attract your desires. She is a hypnotherapist and she is going to come back. And at this time, ladies and gentlemen, this is Rick Flynn. It's been fun, but I've got to run. On behalf of myself and our special guest, Victoria M. Gallagher, thank you all. Have a great day and we'll see you on the next show. The preceding was a Rick Flynn production. This is your announcer, Chantal Marie speaking.